From the northern end of the Jacques Cartier Bridge, I walked west once more, back toward the downtown core with which I was familiar. With grim resignation and no doubt a shake of the head at how this had come to pass, I stayed on St. Catherine's Street, figuring it best to stay in the well-lit and peopled areas. The subway closes up around 1 a.m. I would have to stay awake until it reopened after 5.30. Thing is, there was no longer any urgency. I knew I would want to keep close to the subway line and never stray too far from the sight of people, but four and a half hours is a lot of time to kill, especially when one is damp with sweat and hungry and tired. And it occurred to me I should call my dad and let him know I wasn't coming home that night. Back then it was a long-distance call from Montreal to Saint-Jean, so I had to call Collect at one in the morning, waking him up only to let him know I was staying over at a friend's house in Montreal. He did not sound pleased, and he didn't ask any questions. He may have thought I was staying out with some girl or involved in some shady drug deal. I opted to let him assume I was up to no good rather than confirm his suspicions that his only son was a cretin of the lowest order. The corner of St. Catherine and St. Laurent was maybe the busiest around in the early morning hours. It was seedy but bright, with fast food chains all around, and girls looking to get picked up. This might have been the first time I'd noticed the streetwalkers in Montreal. Paul Simon's line about the come-on from the whores on 7th Avenue came to mind and started me off on a long night of singing to myself to pass the time. I walked west and east, over and over, stamping my feet to keep the blood moving, trying to sing entire albums in their proper order. The early Beatles, Meet the Beatles, Help, Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper. Of course, the iPod hadn't been invented yet, but I rarely had a Walkman that worked for very long either, so there was no one to entertain me but me. After three, I popped into the Burger King at St. Laurent and ordered some fries. I needed to get warm, and a little deep-fried starch seemed like a good idea, too. This was, of course, my bus money to Saint-Jean, but still left me enough for the subway across the river. I'd get the money home from someone at the college. The folks who worked at the Burger King at that corner at 3.30 a.m. must have seen it all night after night. My sitting there with a single order of fries for 45 minutes didn't faze them. But at four o'clock, they closed up, and I was back on the street. At some point, I considered lying down on a bench in a bus shelter, but thought better of it. I intuited that one had to keep moving at all times. It was when you stopped that you were a target for trouble. I was getting a little delirious. I tried to engage my rich fantasy life. What were the bangles up to right now? But all roads were leading to one scenario, my sleeping. Somehow I staved off frostbite and random acts of violence and was unnaturally happy to see a worker unlock the door at the Berry Station Metro. I paid the last of my money to get in the system, took a seat on the subway car, and waited for it to pull out. 
Luckily, there are only three stops on the line from Montreal to the South Shore. It also stops on Ile Saint-Hélène, the Expo 67 site, and home of the La Ronde amusement park. Lucky, because I immediately fell asleep and rode that short line across the river and back for at least two hours, waking up to notice morning commuters giving me the stink eye. I wasn't dressed too shabbily, and I don't think I smelled badly, but it seemed to offend them I was on an opposite schedule than their own. Maybe I was drooling. Maybe it was the way I fell over on them as I nodded off. Whatever, I finally popped out of the long gay station and walked the ten minutes to the college. On safe ground at last, I headed to the library and grabbed a cubicle where I would write my three pages on true stories. But first, a nap. A student asleep in a library cubicle in December is a common sight. No one bothered me. It wasn't comfortable, but it was better than my night had been affording me. I did finally get the pages written. I don't recall the paper, but I'm quite sure it lacked any of that wit and insight I've told you so much about. I passed the course and graduated at any rate, and the 265 I needed to get on the bus for home, I borrowed it from Catherine Estabrook, my film studies teacher. It was one last humbling moment in a continuum of humbling moments that had been my time at Champlain College. She was very gracious about it, of course. But as this story wrapped up my two years there and set me up on the brink of my twenties, I should maybe have seen it as a portent of how things would go for me in the years ahead. But no. Then I would have had to change the name of this episode to Clever Monkey or something. And you now know too much to buy that. Pretty Much, Episode 27, Too Stupid, Part 2, written and read by Scott Clarkson, music by Garner Firebird. Firebird.